Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. everybody rev here i am again alone in the studio not because everybody is busy building things but because the new and possibly the old gods have decided to smote me or smite me is it it is past tense it happened a couple days ago so i guess they smote me anyway i uh, had mentioned before that i was sick i was able to get over that and then instantly have to go into emergency care for the flu so it has been a rough couple of days, so uh, I've quarantined myself away, so they are not here for this intro, uh, but they will be back for the intro of episode 50. Uh, speaking of episode 50, if you've got any questions, you've probably got a day or two more to submit them. The link for that is on all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have about 30 questions right now, so we're actually going to split them up and use some of them on a later episode where we had planned to do a little bit of a Q&A. So we will answer all of the questions. It may just not be on episode 50, but it will be shortly after. Uh, this is uh, the beginning of April, so just a reminder that this is the first month for the cycle of the swag tier on Patreon. We're getting ready to send out the first swag box uh, to all of the members of the Divine tier. Uh, if you're someone who was waiting until the next cycle, you can join that tier at any point this month and be included in the uh, next box of swag that goes out. Also, uh, we actually have been getting word from people that they have been finding us through recommendations on iTunes now that we are coming up in there. If you like this show, you might also like this. Uh, so thank you for everybody who has rated and reviewed us on iTunes. If you haven't done it yet, if you could take the moment to do it, it really does help out because now we're finding that uh, we're at about 70, 75 uh, ratings that we're starting to be shown to other people who have not heard the show before based off of maybe the other podcast that you listen to and it's informing them that, hey, this person listens to this podcast, so we'll recommend the Crit Show. Uh, so again, it really does help us out if you could take a moment and go to iTunes and uh, rate and review us. Uh, it would mean a lot to me in these what might be my final days. Um, I think with that, it is time to let the recap roll. So inside the dossier, what it tells you is that some IPT semis keep getting hijacked on the highway, that the drivers are not stopping, they are driving straight through, but on this long stretch of highway, they are getting ambushed by motorcycles. All right, one stretch of highway, bunch of motorcycles robbing semis. What's the best way to deal with motorcycles? I saw these bikers coming up to a semi and there was wolf howling. From the bikers? It seemed like it was sort of all around, but yeah, I think so. Is this a werewolf motorcycle gang? That is the dopest shit. I don't want to stop them. I want to join them. 
Jake's car is positioned facing out in the back of this semi. Behind it is Tass's new motorcycle. TJ is roaming back and forth between the cab of the semi and the back of the semi because there is a door between so that you can get to everything you need to access. As you're walking, TJ, there are about six or seven black cases, and you know this is what they're transporting. Cool. Can I look in the cases? So as TJ passes by, he stops and looks down at the black IPT case and looks around to see if anybody is watching and clicks it open. And what he finds is rows and rows of werewolf serum. I knew it! (laughs) I knew it! And in the distance, we hear the rumbling of motorcycles and the howling of wolves. Um, I'm going to put my hand up to my mouth like, oh my, and then realize that I've been drooling this whole time. Um... First off, I, I hit myself up with one of my own. All right, so you lose your minus one. Yay! And I replace that with one from the case. Oh, God. Jake and Tass, you guys have started to hear the howling coming from down the road. Uh, what are you guys doing? Just sort of checking my guns and making sure ammo set and ready and, yeah, just prepping. Uh, I guess I'll ask the driver to, like... Give us a holler when he can see him in the mirrors, like really coming up on him. Yeah, I can see him. Is it go time? Uh, that's up to you. I don't know. I mean, they can get closer, but they're not going to get further away. I look at them. Is it go time? Whenever you're ready. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go time. Go time. Uh, go time. And I, uh, I hit the button. TJ hits the button at the back of the semi trailer, and the doors kick open, and the ramp that you guys have set up falls down. All right, I just flip on the headlights and tear out. What exactly are you trying to do? Basically, cut a swath right down the middle, like unseat as many of these guys as I can before I whip around and start bringing up behind them. Roll act under pressure. Okay. Man, I forgot about my new stats. (laughs) Uh, six, because I rolled a seven. Uh, so I think with things go to hell, I think Jake stomps on the gas pedal and starts to launch out of the back and hits just one tire down instead of both. And he bounces and the car starts to rock like it's going to flip. Jake, roll luck. I was so sure you were going to say that I slam on the gas and realize I'm in reverse. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's 100% you what I was TJ. Uh, eight. So you hit and it takes you off the road. You go into the ditch, out into the field, but the car is still right side up. Uh, and so as you kind of fight to get control of the car, as you hit the rows that you find in cornfields, you hear the motorcycles tear by. Tass and TJ, you see Jake's car go out, hit bad on one tire, and just veer out of sight. And then the motorcycles are getting closer. Uh-oh! I'm sure we're doing like a double take with each other, like... He just decided to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I think in that case, I'm going to hop off the bike instead of backing down and just kind of get closer to the edge myself with a gun and just try to see if I can pick some of them off as they're getting close. All right. So uh, which gun? Uh, I think that would have to be my 38s, the one with the silver. Are they in within like 30, 40 feet? 
Uh, no, not yet. Damn. Kind of poise at the end and, and just wait for them to get closer and hope I can spot Jake coming up from somewhere. As you guys are waiting for them to get closer, you notice that they start to veer out and you can see the flash of weapons that they are drawing now that they have seen the back of this kick open and you guys kind of standing there waiting. Roll read a bad situation. Whichever one of you wants to be kind of the lookout. That'll be me. He He's literally going. That is a 12. All right, you get a hold three. What's the most vulnerable to me? So as you look out the back trying to kind of assess the situation, you see that there are four normal motorcycles in the front, and behind them is a bike with a sidecar, and then the very back is a very large trike. And it seems that the trike is very armored, but not very mobile. And you think that if you could do some stuff to get it off balance, it might wreck. Okay, um, Tass, I think that that trike is our key. If we can unbalance that, I think we've, we're golden. Sounds good. I want to grab one of the, the cases that have the serum in it and just try to like swing, heft, toss it so that it lands right in front of that thing's tire. Okay. So it is in the back of the six motorcycles. Okay. Um, so you can throw it essentially into the center of the group and hope that they swerve around it and leave it there for him. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, so roll act under pressure. Okay. And can I help out by helping him to throw it? Yeah, roll help out. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell me what you gave me here, buddy. I gave you diddly squat because <laughs> I got a five. Good. Uh, it wouldn't have helped anyway because my sweet five as well, two hard fives, levels me up. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you going to take? I think I'm going to take a plus one sharp because I'm at negative one right now and I'd like to goose egg that. Let's raise a toast to the fact that we all failed our first roll of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah excellent. Right. Good job, everybody. All right. So you both grab a hold of this large trunk filled with werewolf serum and go to throw it out the back. You both take two points of damage, armor defeating. Oh, no. As the ground comes up to meet you, you both tumble out the back of the semi with the weight of the werewolf serum. You seem to have miscorrected in how heavy you thought it was right as this guy hit a pothole and you both <laughs> go ass over tea kettle out the back. Oh, shit. And you hit the ground and the bikes all veer around you, but you take some pretty severe road rash as you slide to a stop. Jake, you are out in the field <laughs> and starting to come back onto the road and you see the two of them heft this black case and then just seem to hold on to it and toss themselves out at these bikers. <laughs> and you see the bikers kind of adjust and go around them. We're just delivering the goods straight to them. Yeah. <laughs> they should have like stopped and put it in the sidecar. And <laughs> I, I'm going to go pick them up. You guys are reunited. <laughs> <laughs> it never felt so good. We messed up. We all messed up so bad. Yeah, this is going great so far. I'm going to put the, the case in the back seat. I'll, <laughs> I'll sit in the back seat with the case. Just going to gun it after them, I guess, try and catch up. I think I legitimately am looking for TJ here. Uh, just, hey, buddy, do you do you have any werewolf serum? Actually, I'm not feeling great. And I just handed one out of the case. Yeah, I got an extra one right here. Because I am, uh, I was unstable. Oh wow! Because I hadn't been healed after that last scrap. Oh yeah. All right, so you are fully healed. I also haven't been healed. What did we do? What was our last scrap? Uh, it was the banshee that hit us. Yeah, we did nothing about it. Yeah. 
good. TJ, you hand task this werewolf serum, and as you see him inject it, you realize how much pain you're in from that road rash. Should I roll cool, or should I just take the werewolf serum? You should roll cool if you want to resist. Oh. Nope. I'm going to go ahead and take the werewolf serum. All right. You are fully healed. So is there a new plan here? Am I getting you guys back on the truck? Just get me up next to him. We just got to start stopping these guys. Let's just get them. Uh, okay. I'm going to floor it and basically just try and cut back up the middle. Like, move through them. All right, so as you come up behind them, uh, you can see that the one on the back on the trike is turning back and looking at you, and he seems to be fidgeting with something on his console. I am going to swerve off center, get sort of, I'm going to follow kind of the inside line of this highway. And so as you swerve off to the center, you see that he throws something over his shoulder, and right when you drive by that spot, there's a pretty strong explosion. All right. Made the right call on that one. Tass, will you roll down your window, please? I certainly will. I'm going to pull out my hand cannon, and I'm going to try to shoot that werewolf in the head. And I will point out that these are what you see right now are figures in motorcycle helmets on motorcycles. I mean, I've made an assumption. I think, Yeah, no, I'm just point. saying that there's no exposed werewolf head or anything like that. Maybe the helmet will keep him alive. <laughs> so that is a 10. What is your extra effect? Uh, I want to force them where I want them. Can I unseat the rider? Yeah, I think so. So you point past Tass's face and you fire this hand cannon and it rocks him sideways off of the bike. And the bike catches weird and starts to tumble and flip. Nice. I gotta say, I'm disappointed in the lack of reaction to the fact that I have a very big gun. I knew you were buying bullets for something, but I, yeah, that's I, true. I, guess I didn't realize We all what. heard you buy bullets last episode. Yeah. I think the, the fact that Tass didn't flinch whenever you shot this hand cannon right in front of his face is pretty amazing, too. I've been shooting straight up in the air for 50 episodes, dude. <laughs> that does this nothing. Is... So are we fairly closer up to this, uh, just yes. the, the cluster? Yeah, so right almost next to you now is another motorcycle with a sidecar, and then there are four motorcycles riding to a piece in front of that. I'm going to pop out of the moonroof, and I'm going to blast the sidecar driver. Okay, uh, roll kick some ass. While he's doing that, can I try to um, three-point shot a grenade into that sidecar? <laughs> yes, uh, roll act under pressure. Uh, nine. Ten. So TJ lets loose with his uh, his electro blaster. Uh, TJ, you take two points of damage as this grenade hits and lands inside of a sidecar and explodes, throwing shrapnel at you. And the bike starts to careen off. You see that the person sitting in the sidecar kind of panics for a moment, trying to get it out. <laughs> and then you don't see them anymore. And you hear this very loud howl and kind of a scream of rage. And it's coming from essentially where you have just driven past. Kick ass. All right. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I'm going to head towards the uh, toward the actual back of the truck. And if there are any motorcycles between me and there, I don't care. Jake, roll read a bad situation. Okay. I'm such a smart feller. And I roll so good. Or a fart smeller. That I got me a four. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. So you start to drive towards these motorcycles, and they all part for you to get back up into the semi. Perfect. Uh, how close are they to the semi by now? Once they part to let Jake in, they are now on the sides. Ugh, okay. And so you guys have pulled up into the back of the semi, and you are sitting inside of Jake's car. Are you grabbing your bike? What, do, what are we doing? I, I can, yeah. If we want to just jump on and get back out there. I mean, it, that was the original plan. All right, break. Cool. Uh, I'm going to get out and go to the uh, front of the semi. 
Uh, so roll act under pressure. Uh, nine. So you're able to make it between the back of the trailer and into the back of the semi, but you're going to leave the door open to the semi, or you're going to leave the door open to the cab, or you're going to take a little damage as you pass between. I'll leave the door to the cab open. So you open up the door and you're able to make it across the little gap and you open the door into the back of the cab uh, and you plop down into the seat next to the driver. Hey, buddy, it looks like we're going to have a little bit of company. Yeah, I can see that. We're going to have a great time, you and me. Oh, good. What are we going to do? Uh, we're going to try and get rid of these uh, these motorcyclists. Uh, they've got their car and motorcycles, so hopefully they'll grab them up. But if push comes to shove, I got your back. All right. So what are you guys doing? You first or me? Uh, I think you have to go first. <laughs> I'm in deeper. Reversing back down the ramp and getting back out into the fray. Okay. Roll act under pressure. Come on, not such garbage this time. Nice. That Ten. was definitely not garbage. Yeah, so you're able to pull out backwards. As you do, you're checking your rearview mirror, and now you do see very large wolf figures. One of them in tattered clothing, and the other one wearing nothing at all. And they are running very quickly up behind the semi. Like keeping pace with the motorcycles on foot? The motorcycles are beside the semi now. They are catching up to get to you guys. But they're on foot? Correct. I'm just on the comms going, these motherfuckers are fast without the motorcycles. And I'm going to try and pick one of the actual just on foot guys off. So how are you doing this? Paint me a picture because they're behind you. You're in your car. I'm just not accelerating as fast as they are accelerating so that I kind of fall back. So you start to slow down to get into striking distance with them. And they leap onto the car, uh, one of them on the trunk and one of them on the roof. And you can see that they're going for the open moonroof. Perfect. Uh, I just want to blast the one that's over the moonroof. Roll kick some ass. Eight. Uh, how much damage does that do? I believe it's three. It is three. So you open fire and fire out of the moonroof as the one starts to loom over it. And your side window breaks and you take a claw across the chest. You take two points of damage. I'm unstable. Because we didn't heal. Tass, what are you doing? I think I'm going to try to do the same thing, essentially back down so that I'm still at speed with the semi when I get to the ground. Uh, which side are you going to? Uh, the right side. All right, so roll act under pressure. That is eight. So you can come out of the back of the semi, but it's going to be a little disorienting and you're going to fall back with Jake or one of your stored weapons is going to shake loose or you're going to get something in a tire. Um, I think... I think I fall back. I think I uh, uh, just, yeah, don't get oriented well enough and I'm back by Jake again. So you start to uh, go out of the back of the semi and you feel that it is an uneasy landing. And after having seen what happened to Jake, instead of trying to overcorrect, you undercorrect. And instead of coming up beside the semi, you fall back next to Jake. Uh, you see that there is a werewolf on his roof and one clinging to the side of his door. And it has it is reaching inside and messing him up. TJ, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to look in the rearview mirror, uh, the side mirror, and I assume I see them back there. Uh, you see one motorcycle still next to you, uh, and you see something climbing on the side of the trailer. Crud. Uh, that one motorcycle is going to suck. So I'm going to reach into my backpack, and I'm going to pull out the caltrops that I created, and I'm going to throw them down out the window. Yeah, I don't think you have to roll anything for this. Because you had a full success on that, you made more than enough. If I know anything of TJ, he is not a man of measures. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and so this motorcycle, the front tire hits these caltrops, and it flips. And you see the driver hit hard uh roll luck 
That's an eight. And he does not seem to be instantly getting up like the other ones do. But you see his bike go off into the field. But there's still something crawling on the, the roof, right? That's correct. Okay. Well, climbing up the side right now. Oh, the side. Does it look like a wolf person? Uh, no, not right now. It does not. It's just a human being with a motorcycle getup. Yep. I'm going to lean out the window and blast him with the blaster. All right. Roll kick some ass. Not good. Six. You lean out of the cab to try to fire, and all of a sudden you are yanked up on top of the cab. It seems that one from the other side had already gotten up on top and was waiting to see what you guys were going to do. And so now you're on top of the cab of the semi with this figure in fairly beat up leathers and a red helmet squaring off against you. Tass, you have pulled up next to Jake. You see that he is dealing with these two werewolves on his car. Mm, yeah, I think the one that was like slashing him through the window, I want to try to take a shot at. Okay, roll kick some ass. That is seven. And how much does that one do? Uh, two damage. And that is with my silver bullets. Yeah. So you take two points of damage, uh, not armor defeating, as this werewolf gets shot in the spine and lashes out backwards with its hand trying to swat at you. Roll act under pressure. Oh boy, 12. Yeah, and you are able to stay up. It doesn't affect your balance on the motorcycle or anything. You're able to stay right where you want to be. Jake, mm -hmm. you've got some company. Uh, <laughs> upstairs, neighbors are loud. Next door, neighbors are loud. What would you like to do? How many motorcycles? Are there any still behind the truck, or are they all on the sides? There is basically one on each side. I was going to say that I want to drive up on the left side and try and smush this guy between me and the semi, but... I feel like it would be irresponsible to get another one closer to the semi. So I guess I'm just going to keep shooting the one above me. Roll kick some ass. 12. What is your extra effect? F yeah, dude. Suffer less harm. So you take one point of damage, not armor defeating, as you fire again up into the moonroof of this, and that werewolf tumbles backwards off the back of the car. Perfect. I also just remembered, well, I guess situationally it doesn't make sense. My riot shield is not helping me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have taken that last damage. Oh, yeah, I should. I'm, I'm not protecting <laughs> myself with a, a shield right now. You just got it laying across your legs, chest, and face, <laughs> and you're driving with your arms I'm, around it. I'm wearing it on my back like Captain America, and I'm just super hunched over the wheel. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's called turtle shell technique. Yes. TJ, you are on top of this semi. Um, I'm going to blast this guy with my electro blaster. All right, roll kick some ass. I'm regretting for that last level up now, not taking just a new move and taking flight and doing the Neo save off the top of the semi right now. I got a 10. All right, uh, what's your extra effect? I want to force them where I want them. All right, and where do you want them? On the ground. Yeah, you were able to unleash with this electro blaster and you hit him square in the chest and the blast takes him off the top and over the side. And as you let that shot out, you see that the one who was climbing up the side of the trailer is now on top of the trailer. Tass. Uh, yeah, if this one just took a swing at me, I'm going to line up a shot. Okay, roll kick some ass. Sit, Ubu, sit. <laughs> Eight. All right, so you take uh, two points of damage, not armor defeating. Uh, as it swipes out at you again, you fire into its back, and it is just kind of a strange Spartacus moment where you keep kind of slamming in close to fire and getting knocked away and coming back in. Jake, you have now lost your uh, top passenger. You've still got one right beside you. I'm just going to shoot him again. All right, roll kick some ass. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm about to get shot, aren't I? <laughs> Five. 
So you move your gun from kind of the up position that you had it in to fire out of the moonroof and you hold it across your body to shoot at the werewolf who is hanging off of your door. And as your arm comes across your body, he reaches in and grabs your hand and pulls the gun from you and pushes you very hard. And the car starts to freak out. And then suddenly he is in the car with you and he has pushed you into the passenger seat and he has climbed into the driver's seat and he is veering off away, trying to get away from Tass. Um, that does level me up. All right. So what are you going to take? Uh, I'm going to take a move from the wronged playbook called What Does Not Kill Me. Uh, if you have suffered harm in a fight, you gain plus one ongoing until the fight is over. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. You're in the middle of this fight. It's kind of the first time you're in battle, not powered by a god. Yeah, and I've just started decidedly losing. So I imagine this is kind of like fight or flight is taking over and I am zeroing in on how do I get out of this alive? Um, and so I'm just, I'm a little bit better at all the things I need to do to finish this fight. Okay. So Tass, you see that Jake's car starts to drastically slow down as there is a change in drivers. Uh, I'm going to hit the brakes too and just try to sidle back and take another shot at this thing. All right. Uh, roll act under pressure. That's a nine. So yeah, you can drop back and get a shot off at him, but he's going to veer and hit the cycle or you're going to jostle the gun out of your hand or it's going to cause the car to wreck. Uh, if I lose the gun, does it assume that I get the shot off? Yes. First, yep. I'm going to go with that. So you slide back and you get the shot off and it jostles you a little bit and you drop the gun, but you see that the driver slumps over and the car starts to slow down even more. And the horn is honking just like constantly. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to, as soon as I see him slump, I'm just going to hit the gas and head back up to try to catch up with the semi. Okay. So Jake, your passenger has just slumped over. Uh, he is still breathing, but he seems to be unconscious. He's a werewolf, right? Correct. I'm not going to coup de gras this werewolf. Um, we've met vampires who were cool. Don't give me that look. These guys might just, you know, be insulted that we're using their blood as a medication. Also, I don't have time for this. There are more up ahead and they are not unconscious. Uh, I'm going to reach past him and kind of open the door and shove him out and then retake my seat. All right. Yeah, you have no problem. You start to reach across and open the door and push him out as the car kind of comes to a stop and you slam on the gas again. Uh, and you do hear in the back seat all of those vials jostling around. Oh, yep. I should. I think that is out loud as I'm, <laughs> as I'm gaining speed and looking in the rearview mirror. <sighs> of all of us, I think you have taken the least. I'm going to reach back and, and grab one and use it. All right. You are fully healed. This case is coming with us after this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just coming out of our salary. <laughs> By the end of this episode, we're going to be the werewolf gang. This is how it starts. Yeah, it's actually, you guys have unknowingly traveled back in time and you're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are all ex-IPT agents who, who had the transformation and are coming for theirs. Um, so, TJ, you were on top of the cab. And again, this one has just appeared on the top of the trailer. And he is reaching down and starting to pry the metal open. Um, I'm going to blast him with my electro blaster because that ain't his. All right, roll kick some ass. It could literally be his for all we know. That's true. <laughs> we just had this discussion. Uh, that's a 12. All right, what is your extra effect? I would like to force this werewolf where I want him. And where would you like him? 
I would like him to be knocked off the back of this trailer onto the asphalt. I thought you might. Uh, so you let go of another blast. I like the phrasing of let go of another blast. Like it's like having dogs on chains. Like he's just <laughs> constantly trying to rein in the electro blaster. And then when it's time, he's like, go. It's just, oh, it's just supercharged all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like the pistol in Halo. He's always got it fully charged. <laughs> um, and it does. It flies off of the back. Uh, so then on that analogy, can we noob special him and I shotgun him as he's careening off? Yeah. Roll a kick some ass. Sweet. Noob special. That is a nine. As he tumbles through the air, uh, you get a shot off, uh, but you take two points of damage as he sinks into your shoulder and is now riding behind you. <laughs> Whoa. Ow. Uh, you see that in front of you, the motorcycle that is left on the left side has now jumped off of the motorcycle and is on top of the cab. And you actually all three see this because TJ is on top of the cab as well. You hear a sound behind you and Jake and Tass see this as they start to move forward, closing in on the semi. So Jake, you are coming up behind Tass, who has a passenger. Uh, and you see the last motorcyclist on top of the cab, and he is starting to sink his hands into the metal of the cab. Um, all right, I want to pull out my chains and kind of try to lasso this guy off the back of Tass's bike. Like, just, nice. just whip it around him and catch him enough to yank him off and onto the ground. That's awesome. All right, uh, roll protect someone. <sighs> Five. <laughs> oh, God. You poor man. You poor, poor man. So, Tash, you take two points of damage. Oh. As you see a chain fly out of Jake's car, go into your spokes, and you flip. And the werewolf hits the ground behind you. You hit the ground. The motorcycle skids, and Jake cruises on by. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Should I assume that Road Rash is armor defeating? It is. Yeah. It is. I am unstable. A vial of werewolf serum kind of flies out the window and ding, clatters ding, to the ding. ground right next to him. <laughs> He's trying to lick it off the ground as it shatters. Uh, so you hit the ground and you kind of start to get up and you see that the werewolf behind you is starting to get up as well. I'm going to get the spear and um, try to get him. All right. Uh, roll kick some ass. Heal. <laughs> That's a 12. That seems right. to work. <laughs> uh, what is your extra effect? Uh, extra harm. Okay. So you take two points of damage, not armor defeating, as you lunge forward and thrust this through his chest, uh, and he gets both hands around your neck and then slumps to the end of the spear. TJ, you hear wrenching metal behind you. Uh, so I'm just going to turn around and blast him, hopefully in front of the cab, and he gets hit by it. Uh, <laughs> roll act under pressure, because he is right there. Four. Ooh, these are some of our worst rolls. In yeah, a just collectively. They are. Each of us have had bad days, but this is rough. But with that, I do level up. Oh, what are you going to take? I'm going to bring my cool up one more. So that way, at least I get a max of plus two instead of plus one. You feel much cooler in this moment because of all the air rushing around you. <laughs> like temperature wise. Cool. Yes, right. exactly. Okay, um, roll luck. Uh, that's a 10. So you go to blast at this werewolf, and it swipes at you to get you away, and you stagger backwards, and you fall between the trailer and the cab, but you're able to catch yourself on the connecting piece and not fall onto the road. Oh, thank goodness. Jake, you have made it back up to the semi. And I saw this one jump up there, right? Correct. 
All right, I'm going to ghost ride the whip for a second, climb out the moonroof, and try and jump up there with him. Yeah, roll act under pressure. Nope. Oh, my God. Five. So you put on the autopilot and start to climb out of the moonroof. And I think you have a moment of thinking that autopilot means like self-driving car. (laughs) Because you happen to put your foot down on the steering wheel as you push yourself out. (laughs) And the car goes off-road. Oh, my God. Roll luck. So that roll is extraordinary. <laughs> that one's a 14. So as you start to go off the road, the car comes very close to hitting a billboard. And as the semi passes the billboard, you notice two figures jump off of the back of the billboard onto the semi. But the car does not hit it, and it is still running. But you are out of the car, on the ground, and it has stopped about 100 feet away from you. I'm, I'm going to run back and get in it and start moving again. Okay. Tess, what are you up to? Uh, I'm trying to get the motorcycle back upright and get moving. Oh, how, shit. how tough does the tough tag oh, God. get me here? Um, Roll sharp. Nine. It'll take you a couple more minutes, but you think that you can get this chain untangled and get everything straightened out enough to be able to take off. Okay. TJ, you are balanced precariously between the cab and the trailer on that connecting piece of metal, what would you like to do? You have just seen Jake pull up beside you, start to climb on top of his car, and again, just it seems like he decides to leave. He (laughs) veers off out of sight. Probably Um, like, what the hell? And from where you are, you see the shadow of two people in the sky, and then you hear thump, thump on the cab in front of you. I am going to get up off my ass and get back into the cab. If I see a hand reach in for my friend the cabbie, I'm going to blast it with my electroblaster. All right, so roll act under pressure to get from where you are into the cab. Uh, That's a 12. You have advanced act under pressure, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so... How are you doing this? What's your uh, what's your glitter? What's your gold? Is there a hole in the cab yet? Yeah. I'm going to, as I jump into the cab, reach into my backpack, pull out some caltrops and throw them up. I mean, you're going to hit a like there's a guy ripping it open. So you're just going to hit him with caltrops. Is that what you're trying to do? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah. Hoping that maybe some of them will spread across the, the top of the cabin and uh, they'll step on them and hurt their feetsies, their little paws. Um, okay. Yeah. So you uh, get in the cab and you throw some caltrops at the open hole where this werewolf is tearing open. You see some of them go out, uh, and you are in the cab. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what to do with that. I just imagine you throwing a handful of jacks at Jake. (laughs) That's essentially what you've done. Well, these jacks are spiky and sharpened. It's true. One of them goes right in one of his eyes. But they don't have damage. That's true. Yeah, so they're more. They just are. An you're trying to create an effect. Yeah. yeah, they're utilitarian. Exactly. Driver's like, what? What's going on? I, th- I thought you had me. I got you. Um, and I want you to go into the trailer right now. What? You can drive this thing? Yeah, no problem. All right, get over here. All right, and I'm gonna jump into the seat. Okay. Uh, roll act under pressure to drive this semi. I have seen TJ drive a bus before. Uh, that was uh act under pressure. You said correct. That is a 13. All right. So what is your extra effect? So, yeah, uh, as soon as he's out of that seat, I hop in, I grab the the shifter, I grab the hat that he had on the dashboard, I put it on, and I pull the the horn 
real loud, and I'm just singing in my head, eastbound or down, going up and trucking. <laughs> Tass, you are able to get the chains out uh, and get the motorcycle running again, and they are a good three, four miles ahead of you by I'm now. I'm sure, yeah, I am just full gas. Uh, and same with you, Jake. You have seen these two shadows pass across the sky and land on the cab. Uh, the car is stopped, but you have been able to get to it and get back on your trajectory towards it. Um, what do you want to do? Like, each unique thing that I try fails. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm kind of running out of juice because I'm not going to try the same thing again when it went very badly at one point. Yeah. Um, Maybe you should say something like to the fact of, I'm going to hurt TJ super bad, and then whenever you roll, it'll actually hurt the opposite of... <laughs> uh, that's not how that works. Just re- flip it so all of my failure states are hurting the werewolves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like reverse psychology, but with game mechanics. <laughs> They're all on top of the cab, not the trailer. Uh, at this moment, yes. Uh, I think I just want to get up there and cruise alongside the trailer for the moment. I want to see what's going to happen. If one of them starts to get into the cab, I might do something about that. If they jump back to the trailer, I might do something different. Okay. So I'm just not sure what to do in this exact moment. I want to hold my hold my turn, essentially. Okay. So I think what starts to unfold is that as they continue to pull at the roof, that two of them start to climb down like they're going to go in either the cab or inside the back of the trailer. Um, And it seems like the one at the top is trying to, you know what, read a bad situation since you're specifically trying to examine. Hey, how about that? Mother of God. You're going to level up again, aren't you? With my plus one ongoing, that's a five. Yeah, I'm probably going to level up again. So what you think is going to happen is that they are trying to get the driver out so they can just take the semi and not being able to do that it seems that they are going to try to disconnect the trailer from the cab okay okay this is a bad idea Mm -hmm. but i'm going to do it okay i want to get up in front of the semi and drive right in front of it and i'm gonna hold up my hand for just a three two one and then i'm just gonna slam on my brakes so that the semi hits me and hopefully dislodges the werewolves on top of the cab tj Yes. Roll act under pressure. Seven. So you see Jake get directly in front of you, and he sticks his hand out the window, and he starts to count down. You're not quite sure what he's counting down to. So you can either slam on your brakes when he gets to zero. You can try to swerve when you see him slam on his brakes, or you can plow into him knowing that this semi going 65 miles an hour hitting the back of his car is probably going to put it out of commission. I'm going to slam on the brakes because I'm not going to try and kill my friend. So you slam on the brakes and both the car and the semi come to a stop. But The semi comes to a stop much later. The back of Jake's car crumples in. You hear a bunch of shattering in the back seat as all of these vials break. And the semi starts to jackknife as the back starts to slide around the front. And once it gets sideways, snaps off. Tass from the back as you are approaching, you see the skid as those semi's tires get sideways. And it snaps and rolls. And you see three bodies fly off. And then there's silence. And you go between and you find TJ sitting in the cab of the semi, kind of white knuckles on the wheel. And Jake probably sitting pretty similarly in the front of his car. And you notice that the back seat of his car is the front seat of the semi. <laughs> oh my God. 
and they are just stopped for the moment. Are you okay? Is everybody okay? Where are the werewolves? Good question, and I'm going to kick it around the cars and try to look for the direction that they went tumbling. Roll read a bad situation. God. Four. They do not seem to be anywhere. They might have run off. I'm not seeing them up here, guys. Where's the driver? The actual driver. He was in the trailer. I'm going to go search the trailer and try to find him. So you go over to the wreckage of the trailer, and it is on its side in the middle of the road, and the back of it is still open. Okay, I mean, I want to approach, like, the open door and look inside and see if, you know, if he's not kind of among the stuff that's out of the trailer, I want to go look inside of the trailer for him. So you start to search around inside of the trailer, and there are all of the broken pieces of the werewolf serums, and there are the black cases, uh, and you see a foot coming out from underneath one of the cases, and you drag it to the side, and you notice that the leg is very hairy, as is the knee and the torso, but you recognize the clothes that the driver was wearing. He's smaller than the other ones, but it is undeniable what he is, and he is unconscious laying in this broken pile of glass and plastic and foam. And needles. Don't forget the needles. Yeah, needles. Uh, I'm going to radio just to task real quick. Uh, call Margaret. Find out if the driver's supposed to be a werewolf because he is. What? And I'm just going to train the gun on him for the moment. I'm going to call as fast as I can. Uh, hello. Okay, so the guy that was driving the semi on the operation yeah. is a werewolf. Why? I don't know. I was hoping you did. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Okay, well, that answers that. Updates later. Oh. I'll call you back. All right, goodbye. So, do we think that he's essentially allowing these heists to happen? Maybe. I mean, so far he hasn't, in this one, he hasn't really done anything to, like, sabotage us, as far as I can tell, except maybe drive too close to a billboard. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just little things, like if he gets found out while we're in the middle of doing this, then they're cut off entirely, maybe. I don't know, we gotta wake him up. Uh... I'm gonna hey. finally get out of the cabin after I've peeled myself out. TJ, keep watch, huh? Yeah, sure, no problem. Do you have my chains? Did you grab my chains? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, I'm gonna basically restrain the driver with the chains, and I think, as part of it, I'm going to take one silver bullet and put it under his tongue, and then wrap his mouth shut, and then wake him up. So after a moment of a little bit of shaking, he does come to, and he seems very surprised. Like, his eyes are very large, and he's looking around, and he's kind of panicking. So you're a werewolf. He is not responding to, to calm talk. Like he is freaking out and shaking. And All right, I'm just going to kind of get in his face and be like, look, as far as I can tell, you're with them. And the whole job was to kill all of them. So if you are not complicit in this operation, you need to make that clear to me right now. Roll charm. Uh, four. So you guys are kind of hunkered down and talking to him and he is, you are getting the same response from him that it is wild eyed and unfocused. Is it panicky or aggressive? Panicky. That bullet might be doing more damage than I anticipated. I'm going to unbind his mouth. Uh, you do that, and he spits the bullet out, uh, and you notice that his mouth is just filled with black char, and his tongue is mostly missing. How fast do they regenerate? I don't know. But if you gave him a werewolf serum, he'd know. Last time we did that to let somebody talk. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with the werewolves who have been performing the heists? Um, as you start to talk to him again, the response you get is a... And you can see that he's trying to talk, but it is just dead tissue and burned everything. I don't know how long it's going to take your tongue to regenerate, but I think we're dealing in yes or no answers until then. So, yes or no. 
Are you helping the ones that are performing the heist? Uh, he shakes his head no vigorously. Did you know you were a werewolf? He shakes his head yes. Did anyone else know you were a werewolf? He shakes his head yes. Like IPT knew or the guys attacking the truck knew? I, did IPT know you were a werewolf? He shrugs. All right. Well, shit. Are you on our side? I think his response is confusion. Do you know how werewolf serum reacts with an actual werewolf? He nods. Is it good? He shakes his head no vigorously. I'm going to look at them and say, I'm going to unbind him. Yeah, that's fine. TJ, roll read a bad situation. Ah, oh, god damn it. Six. <laughs> Everything seems clear. Okay, well, I'll, I will loose him. So you untie him and he sits up and you start to hear a... Like a phone? Yeah, and he kind of puts his hands up and then points at his pocket. I'll uh, take it. So you reach into his pocket and you take the phone out and you see that the caller ID on it says bear. Uh, I guess I'll answer. Hey, you all right? Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, where's Maddie? He's right here. He's safe. Oh, if you if you guys captured, I'm going to kill you. Hey, man, he's our buddy insofar as we know. There's no capture. We just want to know what's going on. Wait, who the hell is this? You don't sound like any Apartum's people. His people being werewolves. Well, yeah, but who isn't? What? <laughs> Were you not a werewolf? Who are you? No, I'm just people. Oh, man, you shouldn't be involved in this. This ain't people business. Uh, can Hey, like, legit, I don't know what's going on, except that there are werewolves hurting people and stealing from the company I work for, and we're just trying to stop that. So if this oh, is God, like a... you work for the people who make that shit? Yeah, technically. What do you mean technically? I mean that technically they pay me money to do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very technical. <laughs> There's tax forms involved and <laughs> litigations, uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not attached to that. <laughs> Look, man, all I'm trying to figure out is what's going on here. I am stopping some werewolves that are hurting people from continuing to do that. If this is like a whole turf war werewolf thing, I'm cool with that. I'm not like all about hurting werewolves, but I'm all about hurting the ones that are hurting people that don't deserve it. Do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, you know, just a second. And you hear him muffle the phone. Where are you guys at? Uh, I'm going to muffle the phone. Hey, bub, so I assume Bear is one of the good guys, or at least not one of these bad guys? He nods. Okay. And then, yeah, I'll absolutely tell him where we are. We'll be there in just a, just a little bit. Okay, I guess I hang up and sort of take stock of Maddie first? Uh, he's pretty beat up, but it seems like now that you have talked to whoever was on that phone, he actually closes his eyes and relaxes a little bit and seems to go to sleep. He's pretty beat up, not only from uh, what happened with the bullet, but also just the crash. Okay. Um, I guess, oh God, it'd probably be not a bad idea to call TJ just over here and um, look around for a werewolf serum while I'm doing that too, because I am unstable. Oh yeah, uh, roll luck. Oh, okay. It's a 10? Uh, yeah, so you find 10 out of the literally thousands of them there were. <laughs> uh, you do find 10 that are unbroken. Nice. Okay. I'll 
Yeah, I have to take one. I'll probably take one as well. Hey, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got your two damage. You can either take one or you could roll cool. Yeah. Take whatever you want to do. Uh, No, I will definitely take one. And then I will actually uh, put the eight that are remaining in my backpack. Oh, all right. Because yummy. Uh, so as you guys are kind of sitting there waiting for Bear and whoever he was talking to to show up, you know, he said that he would be there in 10, 15 minutes and two or three minutes pass and you start to hear a motorcycle approach. It's very loud. And it stops. And then you hear footsteps. And it sounds like they stop a little bit away from the front of the trailer. Hello? And you hear this sniffing. Oh. Smells like we got a couple of users in there. Why don't you boys come on out? It'll be a lot easier than if I come in there. I, I whispered to him, is that what bear sounds like? It is not. All right, I'm going to kind of grab my shield and my gun and just watch the uh, watch the opening. I think I'll very audibly put a shell into the shotgun. <laughs> I will get behind uh, my shield. His shield <laughs> and right. him. So you guys are staying inside? Yeah. There's a couple of moments that pass, and you start to hear more footsteps coming from outside of the trailer, but not the heavy set that you heard at the front. Maybe five or six pairs. Uh, so you want to do this the hard way, huh? Well, probably shouldn't be too hard. And you start to hear this growl, and it turns into a howl. And you hear other voices start to join in all around, and it makes you feel a little dizzy. And then you realize that there are even more voices joining in it. And there's this moment of surprise that dawns on each of you as you realize the voices joining in are your own. We find Margaret at her desk on the phone. How long has this been happening? You don't know? Well, that's unacceptable. Fucking find out and figure out how you reverse it. And she slams the phone down and takes a few heavy breaths. She sits back and she opens the top drawer of her desk. And then she pushes a small button on the inner corner of the drawer. And a small panel opens. Inside of it is a crystal octahedron. Each section is made from a different gemstone. Ruby, diamond, emerald, sapphire, amethyst, citrine, topaz, and garnet. And she considers pressing down the emerald section, knowing that it will signal the other seven gems that were created along with this one, but she hesitates. She tried calling out to everyone only a few weeks ago, and the only one that showed was Everett. She knows she could press all eight sides to signal an emergency, but is it one yet? No, not yet, she decides. Who knows if those remaining would show anyway. It used to be that all eight of them would die for each other. But two of them had the chance, and did, and then one is missing. And that leaves her and four others, and there are a lot of hurt feelings and long miles since they could count on one another. Uh, Margaret, they're ready to launch the satellite platform on your say-so. The voice jars her out of her thoughts. Oh yes, of course, uh, let's get it in the air then, the sooner the better. Get this up and running and we can start rebuilding the network. And she drops the gem into her desk drawer and moves quickly out of the room, hitting the light on her way out. And we sit in the darkness for a moment. And then we hear someone moving through the dark and the sliding of the drawer. And then, in the dark, we see the pulsing glow of all eight colors of the gem. We see the same pulsing glow reflecting off some aged metal. We pan back and we see an old man with a mostly white beard sleeping on a futon. It's a face we've seen before not many times. It's Everett, the helicopter pilot. He sits up, looks at the gem, and he smiles, picks it up, and goes to the cockpit of the helicopter and taps it. Well, motherhead, look like it's time to get moving. 
We find ourselves in the hills of Ireland. There is a small shack high on one of the hills, and in the distance, a storm has begun to whip through the countryside. An older woman sits on the front porch in her rocking chair. She's watching the storm, and her white hair whips wildly with the wind as it passes through. From the corner of her eye, she notices some flashing from her window. She rotates a little bit in her chair, and she sees multiple colors off the wall, and rage fills her face, and she clenches her fist and gives a solid pound on the arm of the rocking chair. And then she grits her teeth, she stands up, and walks into the cottage. She picks up a small component bag, a staff, and a shotgun, and then she moves to the far shelf where the glowing gem sits behind an old teapot, and she stares at it for a long moment, then snatches it up, taps her staff twice on the ground, and vanishes. It's early morning, and the room is dark. It smells of liquor. A figure lays on a single bed in a rundown motel, and we see this familiar light start to pulse. And the figure grumbles and rolls over and reaches a hand out and smacks at it as if it's his alarm going off. And his hand hits the gem, and then clutches around it, and he rolls over and looks at it. And we see across his face a strange mix of relief and a little anxiety. He saw the call a few weeks ago and didn't show but it wasn't because he didn't want to. He sits up from the bed, pulls a shirt on, drops the gem into his pants pocket, picks up a small briefcase, a laptop, a phone, and a pistol, drops a fedora on his head, gives the room a last glance, and shuts the door behind him. We see the sunlight coming through the trees as an older man stalks through the woods with a rifle. He sees a deer up ahead, it's been a while since they've had deer. They've been living mostly on fish for the last couple of weeks because of the weather. He holds the rifle up and starts to line up a shot, and then the lens becomes blurred by red and then blue and orange and green, and he lowers the rifle. The deer hears the sound and runs. He mutters a little bit and reaches down to his belt and finds the multicolored gem hanging there. He looks back over his shoulder as if he's afraid that someone else will see this, he takes it off his belt and tucks it into his pocket, hoping that that will be enough to kill the light emanating from it, and heads back towards his cabin in the Montana woods. It's a few days later and we find ourselves outside of a dive bar on the outskirts of Atlanta. The old white-haired woman is standing there, staff in hand. She checks her watch and taps her foot impatiently, and a bus stops about a block from the bar and she notices a man in a dark fedora get off, and she recognizes the figure immediately, and she approaches him. So they bring the likes of you around too, do they? Jesus. Oh my God, I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, they drug me out. Drug you too, huh? Think they got all of us? Well, I certainly hope not. A taxi pulls up as the two of them chat, and we see the man from the woods step out of the cab with a duffel bag slung over his shoulder. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Look at you guys over here. Patrick? Well, Siobhan, I do declare you are quite the looker, I must say. <sighs> well, all right. How about you, Wallace? You doing all right? Well, just as uncomfortable as I've always been around you two, so, yeah, I suppose. Well, okay, well, uh... Anybody have any uh, good reason why we should all be right here together right now? I don't have much. I promised my Tannis I was done with this and I'm breaking that promise being here today. So there'd better be a good fucking reason. And with that, she turns and walks into the bar. The other two follow her. Not many people this early. The trio walks to a far door, opens it, and steps inside. There's a table there, and we see the old white-haired man 
with his white beard, sitting at the table. There's room for eight, but he's only moved up five chairs to the table. The room is dark, smells musty like it has been used in a very long time. I didn't expect to know if everybody would show. Hello, Everett. How are you? Here. Yeah, I, I sure do appreciate it. Everett, old buddy, how you doing? Oh, well, how's the missus treating you? Uh, the missus is fine. I think maybe we just ought to leave her out of this at the moment. Oh, he looks at the man in the fedora. How are you? I extend a stiff handshake. He returns it. So, uh, what's going on, Everett? Why'd you bring us here? Oh, I didn't. When I got here, it wasn't Margaret who was waiting for me. And who was? As you ask that question, a multicolored gem flies from the corner of the room, and you instinctively catch it. And from that corner, a figure rises from their seat in the darkness, and they start to step forward into the light, and we see a glint of metal and a familiar face. Drink up, folks. We got a rescue to plan. <laughs> oh, and we will see you Son of a bitch. at episode 50. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Jesters of Ravenloft is a new podcast being recorded on Twitch. It's D&D 5e, and we'd love to tell you about it, but we can't. Because seriously, the cast know nothing about what is going to happen. Adam McNamara is mystified. Del Borovic is baffled. Guy Bradford is bewildered. Tyler Hewitt is even more clueless than usual. And me, Ryan LaPlante, the DM, I'm the only person who knows what's going on. We're live on Twitch May 31st at 8.30 p.m. EST. And every Friday after our Wednesday night shows, we'll be dropping two episodes of Jesters of Ravenloft here. So get ready, subscribe, and soon you will be journeying into Ravenloft alongside our Jesters. Oh yeah, don't tell them about the whole Ravenloft thing. They really know nothing. <laughs>